Hey, happy Easter. All right, so hopefully when we get done, you'll be more excited than that about Easter. Hey, just want to give a big shout out to our uh, Santan campus and all you that are watching this there. And guys, just thank you for being here and being part of this. It's just, it is, it is the weekend that you and I, if we say that we believe in Jesus Christ, ought to be in church celebrating Easter because this, this is the best thing that ever happened to us as Christians. Okay, so there you go. Second best thing, Michael Vick. Uh, no, no, uh, Nick Foles. Uh, hey, uh, next Sunday, next Sunday is Friend Day. You've been hearing us tell you about that. I just want to give you one more uh, push in that direction. Please, please, please bring a friend next Sunday to hear this guy. Now, look, I get, I get, I get. I know the question that's on everyone's mind. Can anybody from the U of A actually be a Christian? Now, I got to admit, I was struggling with the same thing, but uh, we're going to figure it out next Sunday. But here's the cool part, guys. Here's the cool part. You and I all have friends who would never darken the door of a church, but they would come to hear a guy in the NFL. And we think in Nick Foles, we've got something really, really special. You're talking about a guy in his sophomore year who unseated a player uh, of the caliber of Michael Vick. We believe we may be getting this guy at a moment where someday people are going, are you kidding me? How did your church ever get this guy to come in? Because you and I are getting him on the upswing. So here's the deal. Please, 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 if you have even one friend, uh, take a card, make, make at least one invitation. We gave you a card when you came in. Invite one. If they don't come, they don't come. But the other part is, is the, this is one of those services where your friend who probably would never come to church for anything else comes to this. And I, guys, I'm just telling this is your best chance that they would thank you when it's over and say, man, that was the best thing I've ever heard or done in church. So please, please, please don't waste this moment. Don't miss this moment. Invite your friends to come here and hear Nick Foles next week. Today, right now, you and I are celebrating Easter. And guys, here's, here's what you got to get in this moment. This, this is the Super Bowl of Christianity. You, you get that Christmas was like preseason. This is the playoffs, man. When you get to Easter, this is big time. When you get to Christmas, you can figure out that Jesus likes us. When you get to Easter, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt he loves us and that he has the power to change us. This, this moment in time, this thing that we believe that Jesus died on a cross for our sins and rose again three days later, if it's true, changes everything about the story and everything about our faith. And this is a big deal, and here's why. Because every last one of us, even though we're living a life 2,000 years later, you and I are writing our own life story. If I could start my story anywhere, I would start it with the best part of the story. I had been married to my wife for five years, and we were surprised with a daughter. We named her Grace. She was, she was everything I dreamed of. 
The moment my wife held her, the moment she held her, I could see she was scared. I assumed she would grow used to being a mother. She just couldn't handle that pressure. This just doesn't fit. It isn't what we planned on. What do you mean? I understand things are hard. But we can get through this. We can get through anything. No. No, you don't understand. I don't think I can wait. I can't do this anymore. What is your daughter gonna think when she gets older? That her mom never loved her? That her mom left because things just didn't work for her? Beth. I love you. Well, I don't love you! As much as I love my daughter, I was always afraid that I wouldn't love her the right way. That I couldn't take care of her. That I would lose her too. Well, the tests came back and I'm afraid there is a tumor. Wait, what do you mean a tumor? What is he saying? Hold on, baby. You told me that these headaches were a reaction to her allergy medication. I, I know it's upsetting. This is, this is what we're facing. None of us wanted it to be cancer. Cancer? You mean I... Maybe it's gonna be okay. We will get past this. I won't let anything happen to you. You understand? I... I don't want this. I made a promise. I made a promise that she will remember that her daddy never kept. I had always lived to care for her, to protect her. In all the years I tried to keep this family together, not once had I been the hero I thought I could be. When I had lost everything, I always thought as long as I had grace, I was okay. But then, Everything I had died with my daughter. I lost her.
It's interesting because we are. We're, we're all writing. We're all the authors of our life story. And for many of us, we've come to moments that seem uh, to end in a period. Uh, my friend betrayed, I hate them, period. It was an ill-lived moment. I did exactly what I said I wouldn't do. I never thought I was capable of that, but I did it, period. And the reality is, for many of us, as we have authored our own story, we have led our story often down a path that feels more like a dead end than a destination, and it ends in a period that just seems to finish the story, and it just doesn't feel like there's anything else to be added to that chapter. It's just period done. How many of you, when you came in, we gave you a little one of these metal commas? Okay, here's, here's why we gave them to you, and if you didn't get one, you may want to grab one on the, out, when, on the way out. Because I believe that the Easter story powerfully demonstrates the idea and the truth that what you and I often believe is unattainable and undoable and undone and broken beyond repair, period, if given to the hands of God, has the opportunity to become a comma. And then God showed up. You realize uh, the Easter story, <laughs> the Easter story starts with a period. Matter of fact, if you have your Bibles, grab them uh, real quick. Go with me to Matthew uh, chapter 27. If you're not real familiar, uh, if you go to the back of your Bible and start working to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew. It's part of what we call the Gospels, the four stories of the life of Jesus, and Matthew is one of them. And this is toward the end of the story. This is coming to the moment in which Jesus is going to die. And you get that up until now, the disciples have been following Jesus. They, they have based their entire lives on the idea that what Jesus is teaching is true. See, these are guys at a table that have pushed all in and said, look, we're, we're going to base our whole lives, we're going to base our reputations, we're going to base our futures on the idea that this guy, this guy really is the Son of God. A couple days ago, Jesus started talking crazy, started saying stuff about needing to go to Jerusalem and that he was going to die there. And despite their protests, despite as much as they said, hey, Jesus, look, this, this just isn't the plan. This isn't how this works out. This is, this is crazy talk. Jesus has persisted and he's gone to Jerusalem and there his enemies amongst the Pharisees have conspired with his enemies amongst the Romans. And they've come up with a plan to have a mock trial. And of course, Jesus was found guilty. And now, and now the hamburger meat that was the Son of God hangs on a cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And everything, everything that these men have based their lives on, everything that they've counted on, everything that they've hoped for is coming to a screeching end, period. It picks up in Matthew chapter 27. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 45. From the sixth hour, as Jesus hangs on the cross, until the ninth hour, Darkness came over the land. 
you would have thought that people would have figured out we're doing something wrong here. I mean, the sun just refused to shine. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar and he put it on a stick and he offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, no, 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 leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up the spirit, period. And it was done. The disciples had seen it coming for a couple days. The, the period was obvious. That's why Judas had betrayed. Jesus, you're never going to be what we hoped. You're never going to do what we thought you were going to do. It's why, G, why Peter denies. He saw the period coming. It's why since then the disciples have been running and cowering and hiding like rats in a hole. Because suddenly their lives end in period. And before you get too critical and before you go, oh, they should have known better and they should have understood better, isn't the truth? Isn't the truth that you and I have done exactly the same thing? That you and I have encountered moments in our life that didn't turn out the way we wanted and God didn't do what you and I expected and as best you and I could tell in that moment, God put a period and we said, God, if that's what you're going to do, then I hate your guts. If that's what you're going to ask, then I'll never follow you there, period. Some of us had marriages, and we just decided to navigate them our own way. We navigated them like our neighbors navigated them. We did it, we did it the way our parents always did it. And now it's a mess. And we said things that we probably never should have said, and we've wounded spirits, and our kids have watched us behave in a way that kids should never see mom and dad behave. And we've trashed our marriage. Period. Some of us have directed our own lives, and we just said, look, I, I'm... <laughs> If I were to ever really totally surrender myself to God, he'd probably mess me up pretty bad. So I'm just going to do this my own way and hope to rub a little Jesus on top and maybe it'll turn out okay. And now we find ourselves getting to the end of the sentence and thinking, this isn't, this isn't what I planned and this isn't what I hoped and life showed up and I think I've made a mess. period. We, we've got Christians in the room. And you've been okay following Jesus to a point, to an extent in your life, 
But then came the hard stuff, the stuff you never wanted to hear and the parts of your life that you never wanted to sacrifice. And you just said, no, 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 that part of my life, I'm going to do that one my own way. Period. And if we were honest in the moment, what we've created and what we've done putting periods in our life, resemble junk more than what we had hoped. There are some of us in the room, <laughs> man, we, we are good at sin. But we, <laughs> we, we can do the wrong thing just because it's wrong. And our parents aren't going to tell us what to do, and God's not going to tell us what to do. We're, matter of fact, we're going we're gonna to do the thing we're not supposed to do simply because nobody's going to tell me what to do. And isn't it true that for all sorts of reasons and, and in the midst of all sorts of circumstances, you and I have placed a period. I will never obey God in that period. If God's going to allow my child to die, then I hate his guts, period. Isn't it true that we're not a whole lot different than those disciples were on Friday? And yet, guys, 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 the very story of Easter is to teach you and I that what you and I think God is doing, what it appears on the surface is happening, what, what in our minds seems so final and unchangeable, what looks like a huge period, is an opportunity. Ready for this? It's an opportunity for God to insert a comma. You get the moment. In the midst of all the disciples' fears, in the midst of everything that's going on, on Friday, on Sunday, the King of the universe, God Almighty, reaches down to Jesus died on the cross, period, and erases the period and turns it into a comma, and then he rose again. And the moment that the disciples had thought was so final and so over and so broken became the greatest moment in all of history. Guys, what if? What if all the moments of our lives where you and I have placed a period, where we've said, look, 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 I will never obey God in that, period. If God's going to let my friend betray, I will never forgive period, are simply the opportunities for God to do his very best work in us if we simply give him the period and let him turn it into a comma that says, and then God showed up. And what if, what if you and I took our broken marriages? What if you and I took our ruined relationships? What if you and I took the lifelong rebellion that said, look, I'm going to do this my own way. I will never let God in, period. And what if today for the first time 
you and I invited Jesus Christ to change the period, to shine a light on the period, to take what in this moment appears to be so hopeless, and in the process of doing that, Jesus would make it hopeful. Is it possible? Is it possible that the God who could rewrite the period of Jesus died period could rewrite the toughest period of your life and make it into a comma. I lost her. Everything I had, everything I was, died with her. And I just broke. I had nothing. And I just called out to God. God, save me. Next to my lifeless daughter, coming to you with nothing. I've heard you can restore anything. So please, restore me. And it was that day life was given back to the both of us. I will always be reminded of that day when God showed us to never place a period where God intends a comma. Here's what Ephesians chapter 1 says about the power of Easter to turn periods into commas. It's Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 18, and it simply says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us, the power to turn periods into commas. Who believe? That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. There are Christians in this room and you've followed Jesus to this point, and now you've placed a period. 
I will not surrender that, period. I'm going to date him no matter what you say, period. I will never obey you in that part of my life, period. I'm going to watch my pornography whether you want me to or not, period. Today. Today you need to surrender the period and let God turn it into a comma. The most powerful moment of your life is on the other side of that comma. And then God changed my heart. And some of you, before you leave this place, need to bow your heads and just say, God, I surrender. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for placing a period where there should have been a comma. There are people, you walked into this room today, and look, you don't have God in your life. You know it. The only reason you're here is because your mom made you come, a girlfriend dragged you. You've got some sort of religious background, and you just thought, hey, I ought to be in church on Easter. But your full intent walking into this room was to walk out of this room and live your life the way you'd always lived it before, period. And the most powerful thing you could do today is turn that period into a comma to say this is the day, this Easter weekend, when I took my own self-will and my own rebelliousness and my own desire to just leave God out and me in, and I turned it into a comment, and I said, God, come into my life because what I'm making out of my life. You want to hear the really, really cool part about it? It's easier than you think. It's as simple as a prayer. It's as simple as saying, hey, God, I'm done. I'm done. Make this a comma. Make this and then God changed me. So I just want to do, I just want us to take a moment and pray right now. I want to give an opportunity for those who thought they'd pretty much come to a conclusion. I don't need God, period. And today their heart's changing comma, and then I realized what life was like without him. So let's pray. I'll pray a prayer. You can pray that prayer right now, right where you're at. It goes something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I just got to be honest. I never thought, I never thought I'd be asking you to come into my life. And I get it. I've pushed you away a hundred times. I've done things that even though I'm not religious, I knew those things were things that would break your heart and they were wrong. And let's just be honest, they were sinful. And so I'm coming right now asking you to forgive me for that. And would you give me the opportunity to take a life that up until this moment said, I don't need God, period. And instead insert a comma, and then I got smart. And then I realized my mistake. And I asked Jesus in my heart right now. In Jesus' precious name, amen.